0: He's like come on get up get up let's get ourselves clean okay there's the reproof now get back in the game there's the correction he's like i'm not done with you yet i've given you grace and strength and i love you like crazy and you're my child and i've chosen you for a purpose now you get up and you get back in the game what he does it's awesome and then your mind is renewed and you're like right i do have a purpose it's no more woes me i am gonna keep going i'm not gonna grow weary in doing good
1: Hi, and welcome back to Live in the Light. I'm your host, Craig Turnbull, and with me in our studios is our teacher, Pastor Robbie Simons. And if you're joining us today for the first time, we want to let you know that Live in the Light exists to see the radical transformation of your life through the revelation of God's truth. And today is no different. Today we're talking about complexity and simplicity, and I love today's message, Robbie. One thing on my menu I love that message. (laughs) That's good. It's a good title because it gets your attention. Menu? What kind of menu? Not physical menu,
0: spiritual menu. Again, we are looking at the reality of what God's Word says about itself. God has written in his word, that his word is breathed out by him. And that's what is used to see life change take place. I mean, this is what Paul was writing to Timothy, the scriptures that are able to make you wise for salvation, that correct us and train us in righteousness. Without the word of God, we're toast. And that's why Paul also says to Timothy in the same chapter is preach the word because it's the word is what God uses. A church that fails to feed on God's word is a church that's going to fall apart, disintegrate, and become very, very weak. But a church and a people and a family and a husband and a wife and children, and again, a church family that chooses to feed on the word of God with integrity, simplicity, but urgency, they will see great things occur for the glory of God. So, again, a familiar passage probably, but may you receive it as a new meal today that will bring you wonderful health and great benefits. For the days and weeks to come. May it be so.
1: Amen. May it be so. Let's jump right away to God's word for us today. Turn in your Bibles if you can to Second Timothy chapter three, verse 16. And here again is Pastor Robbie.
0: So the Bible is sufficient for all the growth we need and to understand areas of doctrine, of faith, and of practice. And our very text today just proves just that. This is what the passage is explaining. That the word of God, it is breathed out by God. Therefore, it is our authority. It is an errand. It is necessary. It is sufficient. And it is clear. And so the purpose of point number one, then, is to get our appetite increasing for the meal that God has prepared. Why? Because God has wrote a book. And so hopefully, man, you just sit down. And if you really start to understand that all scripture is breathed out by God, you start to say, man, why am, I re- why am I not reading God's word more? What's wrong with me? I mean, if you're like me, that's what you're thinking. You're like, it is my authority. It is necessary for my growth. It is absolutely essential. It is totally sufficient for my life. It is without error. What am I doing? What do I watch so much TV for? Why am I so lazy? What's the apathy all about? Why do I flip through the newspaper and care about my stocks more than I do about the word of God? Man, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a dumb sheep. And so God says, hey, hey, I got a meal for you. Eat up, man, eat up. Be changed with the one tangible thing that he has given to his church. You want to live the one thing? Got to sit down at God's table and eat the food that he's prepared. Listen, remember this, remember these simple truths. There's not one person ever throughout history used by God who has uh, not been someone who has loved the word of God. Just there are no exceptions. Because you can't grow for all the reasons. This is just just fact. We're we're just building uh, a foundation of fact and a building of fact upon you will not grow apart from the word of God. So if you want to love the word or love the Lord, you must love the word. Because you love him. But let's be careful here. And this is, you, you can love the word and not love the Lord. Pharisees. It is possible to be all about the information in here and not be transformed. But... That doesn't take away from the fact though, if you want to truly love God, then you will also be someone who loves his word, right? Because um, in our day, uh, there's, there's people, because they've been so abused in the legalistic systems, there's such a fear. If I love the Bible too much, then I'll become a Pharisee myself and I'll be a, I'll, I'll fall to bibliolatry. I will, I will idolize the Bible and I'll miss its core message. Fair enough. That, that has happened. with the problem with reactions and with everything, it seems, the pendulum is either swinging one way or it's swinging all the way to the other way. So what happens to you people, I'm so afraid of becoming a Pharisee that I'm now all the way over here, and I'm so afraid of being passionate about God's word because I don't want to be the Pharisees, that now I'm going to diminish God's word and put it aside because I'm afraid of, of, of becoming that person I, I don't want to be. But you see, that doesn't work either. It always always seems like it's one or the other. It's, it's, It's centered in what is true. It's grace and truth. It is, it's okay to love the word if you are rooted in humility to love your God. In fact, it is essential to love the word if you really want to love your God, but not to be a Bible head, to be a humble, passionate follower of Jesus Christ who's pursuing the one thing. I think you guys get it, eh? Enough said, enough said. Hey, God has made a meal. He wants you to eat it up. All right, this flows into point number two then. Uh, this. uh, When it comes to God's word in my life, God wants to grow me. God wants to grow me. Isn't that encouraging? Verse 16 says, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. The word profitable here sets up the following words. So because scripture and all scripture is God-breathed, well, of course then it's profitable. Some people want to make a big deal about the word profitable, but the they seem to miss the fact that all scripture is breathed out by God. So then it becomes necessary and sufficient and essential for anything we want to do. And of course it becomes profitable. That word profitable can mean beneficial, productive, sufficient. Um, one, a commentator said it provides what one needs to attain a certain goal. So God did not breathe out his word for us to ignore it. God did not breathe out his word for us to have a casual observance around it. Rather, God gave us his word to ultimately guide us to himself. And whenever we are guided near to God and we draw near to him, what happens? We grow. The closer you you get to God, the more you grow. Let's see what happens here when we eat and grow in the word of God. Verse 16 says, profitable for first teaching. For teaching. God's word is beneficial, profitable for teaching. This is as straightforward as it sounds. The word of God is what teaches us. The word of God is what places essential doctrine into our hearts and our lives. The word of God is what teaches and shows the church the path to be on. So we are taught the mind of God through his word, all 66 books. So to ignore the Bible is to ignore God. And yet, again, this is so basic. It's such a battle because the enemy knows this and what he's always trying to do. If he can diminish the importance of God's word, if he can cause the church to be, think it's irrelevant or to tire of it or to find something more exciting, if he can weaken or diminish the truth of God's word in any way in the minds of people, that is, of course, never in the truth of God's scriptures itself, if he can do that, then the power and the life and the purity of the church is sucked right out. It is sucked right out of the church for all the reasons that we have already discussed. So the battle today of teaching the all-important truth that God's word, listen, is, is God-breathed. And what again, what always amazes me, I mean, the, the enemy is so clever, how he'll, he'll just put in exciting new revelations that capture the hearts of believers more than the word of God does. And people are like, wow. I'll get to that in a second. I'm not going to do that just yet. Profitable for, profitable for teaching. Here we go. If the Bible is not taught, listen, the Bible is not taught, people will, people will not grow. If the Bible is not taught, people will not grow. Because it's impossible to grow without the Word of God pointing to God Himself. You know what's amazing to me is there's certain uh, large ministries that I've come across, let's say over the past couple of decades who are really starting to figure this out for the first time. What they are discovering is that people aren't growing and they have to have a refocus on the spiritual disciplines and essential nature of getting into God's Word and, and equipping people with God's Word. Again, so basic, but it's so fascinating. I appreciate their humility in doing that. That would take a lot of humility. You know, and I don't know where they're at today. I don't know. I haven't, I haven't, I haven't followed up. other ministries that I know of too. Just, just, They're not satisfied with the growth in their church. See, it's people who really want to see God work. And they understand, ultimately comes down to, if you're not changing like Christ, there's a problem. And there's other ministries, again, with a lot of reputation, a a lot of attention, but the the leaders in the very core are saying, people aren't changing, what's wrong? And there's a commitment now to see discipleship. Again, duh, right? Make disciples. That's not just see converts. Make disciples, uh, becoming like Christ, discipleship. It's the quality of discipleship. And it's just, it, just, it should encourage us to say, again, let's continue to focus on what has never changed. If the Bible is not taught, people will not grow. Um, it says profitable for teaching, and it says this profitable for reproof. You see that in verse 16? So behind the word reproof is a process or an action of bringing something to light. So imagine like going with a flashlight into a dark closet and you're looking for something and the light shines or when you go into a room and you're kind of scared, you flip on the light and everything is exposed. And Now you can see uh, the error, so to speak, in in the place you're looking in. It exposes all that is wrong uh, in order to make corrections. This is behind the word reproof. So as the word of God is taught and read and learned, what it does, it's it searches into the deep and dark areas of our heart it shines a light and exposes what is wrong within us that is that is reproof it is it is so awesome so how many times have you heard the word or read the word and felt what felt conviction that's what the word of god does you have felt conviction that's that, that's a beautiful thing. I mean, let's just try that exercise right now. Look at 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1. But understand this, that in the last days, there will come times of difficulty. For people will be lovers of self, lovers of money. I'll just let the conviction set in. Uh, proud. Arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents. I'll let more conviction set in. Ungrateful, more conviction. Unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Having the appearance of godliness but denying its power, avoid such people. What just happened right there? I mean, what just happened? I just read like six verses, five verses, whatever it is, from God's word, and I guarantee you there was reproof in the room. I guarantee you that so many of us are going through this list and we're like, yeah, I do love pleasure more than I love God. I do love money. I am proud. I haven't loved my parents. I am not grateful. That is what the word of God does. What it, what, it, what it just did, it took light. It was shining into our hearts and exposing just in a smaller way. It's just awesome. The word of God is profitable for reproof. Now, what amazes me is how many Christians, so to speak, don't want to be convicted. There's been a lot of people who's come through these doors and have left And one of the reasons they leave is because they say, I don't want to change. Or I don't want too much conviction, they say. I I do not understand that. and like, what's wrong with you? Don't you get it? That's the whole point. I mean, that's what God wants to do. He, He exposes the sin that we can be changed and find the joy and the love and the fulfillment that he brings. But just for me, I just, I know I need to change. I know I don't get it. I, know, I just want someone to tell me the sin of my heart so I, can, so I can repent and move on. Someone challenge me. Someone reprove me. Someone convict me of where I need to go. So conviction is a good It's a good thing. So I'm amazed that there are Christians who don't want to be. But listen, I shouldn't be that surprised because look at 2 Timothy 4, verse 3. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching or sound doctrine but having itching ears they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and will wander off into myths see that what is the bible telling us he's telling us that's to be expected people don't want to change they want to they want to, they will accumulate for themselves teachers that will tickle their ears oh that feels so nice please tickle me more oh hee that feels good They will tickle their ears, having itching ears, whatever they want to hear as opposed to what God wants to say. They will not endure sound teaching or sound doctrine. But see, they are people who are ignoring the purposes of God's word. word of God is profitable for teaching, for reproof, this profitable for correction. Okay, so reproof is showing the error and God's word does this also. It shows the error, but then it also shows the right way. So you correct the child from doing wrong. And you're like, hey, child, child, stop sinning, so to speak. Stop doing the error. I'm showing you the error. Now here's the correct path. That's what God does for us as his children. He says, my child, stop sinning. Here's the conviction of sin. And now here's the path to walk in in righteousness. This is what correction is. The Holy Spirit grows us through the Word by showing us our error and then showing us His path of correction. And so I love what the Word of God does, and maybe He's doing it today. I don't know. I, I can't control what the God Spirit does, but we find ourselves, we, we go along, we fall down, we end up in the mud, we get off, we're all dirty. But, but and we're like, oh, what was me? I can't continue. I don't want to do this anymore. Blah, 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 blah. And God like, gets his word in our hearts. He's like, you man, get up. He's like, get up, wash yourself off, dust yourself off, get yourself and get back in the game. But God says, he's like, come on, get up, get up. Let's get ourselves clean. Okay, there's the reproof. Now get back in the game. There's the correction. He's like, I'm not done with you yet. I've given you grace and strength, and I love you like crazy. And you're my child, and I've chosen you for a purpose. Now you get up and you get back in the game. That's what he does. It's awesome. And then your mind is renewed, and you're like, right, I do have a purpose. It's no more woes me. I am going to keep going. I'm not going to grow weary in doing good, because the strength of God is within me. God has made promises to me, and my reward, my reward is coming so soon to press on toward the goal for the prize. That's what God does, man, through his, listen, through his word, through his word, right? And Hebrews 5 tells us, which is such a fantastic text. I think it starts at Hebrews five eleven. Read it to the end. Hebrews five eleven verse 14. If you don't know it, uh, check it out today. It basically says this. Those who are unskilled in the word of righteousness are still drinking milk when they need to be eating solid food. And it goes on to say, if you are still on pablum, you are a toddler, you get tossed around and you have no ability to discern between good and evil. So it says, it's fascinating to me. The reason, the reason that, again, um, um, novels can be written in our day with an, with an angle, with a, a new angle on the things of God and people read it and are like, wow, I never knew that. Well, that's because it's wrong. It's because it's False. And they're like, wow, this guy, this guy's a real insight into 2,000 years of doctrine. No, he doesn't have new insight in 2,000 years of doctrine. He's a false teacher. And people are like, oh, this is so great. And just like, because you don't know the word. And if you knew the word, you'd be filtering through truth in your mind. You'd be like, that's wrong, that's wrong, that's wrong, that's wrong. Close the book, see you later. Back to the Bible. But because people don't know the word, they get tossed to and fro with every wave and wind of new doctrine and they're spun around into the abyss and not growing. It's not that complicated. Grow in the words that the spirit of God can tell you what is right and wrong. So the Bible says about itself, gives us the ability to discern between good and evil and right and wrong. And in our day, it's needed more than ever. I mean, be excited about that. The Bible is profitable. The Word of God is profitable for teaching, reproof, correction. Finally, this, for training in righteousness. It makes so much sense. All of these things, it's a form of training. So what does the Word of God do? It trains us. It disciplines us. It builds us up in righteousness. So it's the Word of God that so often tells us, hit the spiritual gym. It's the word of God that calls us to raise the bar. The word of God today is calling us again to a higher standard. The word of God is calling us to the Lord. And so I got to this part of the sermon uh, preparation this week, and I was just sitting there, and this is what I try to do. and just try to look at my own life, and I'm like, okay, the word of God, all scriptures breathed up by God, prodigal for teaching, for proof, for correction, and training in righteousness. I'm like, how could anyone argue that there's one thing on our menu? I mean, God is such a meal. Like, 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 what are we doing not feeding on that which God has prepared? What are we doing? And so if you're like me, then you're completely honest and you set out your dinner table, so to speak, and you say, what am I eating? What, what is on the dinner table at my spiritual house? Go ahead. Like I want you to take a couple of seconds to be honest with yourselves and before God. What are you eating spiritually? What is the one thing on your menu? What has your passion, what has captured your heart? What are you most excited about? What do you really long to do? How is your time most often spent? Who are you seeking to be? What are you seeking to do? What is on your menu? Is it healthy in Christ or is it, or is it junk? God is calling us to get his food on our menu. One thing on our menu. Now, some of us practically say, okay, okay, yes. Um, Where do I start? Three Ps, three Ps. The first thing so many of us need to do is do this. Get a, get a plan, get a plan. If you're going to eat from God's word, man, get a plan. So many have good intentions this morning. I'm going to wake up. I'm going to spend two hours in the word. You last half an hour and you fade off into oblivion. Get a plan, understanding of what you're trying to accomplish. If you don't have a Bible reading plan, get on one. Start following it. Get a plan. You have to have a plan. And part of the plan is this. Get a place. Get a place. Get a place to eat uh, God's word upon your life. So um, here's my place. It is this, uh, is this love seat with, uh, has no arms on it. Um, and um, it's right beside a table. So um, when I wake up half conscious every morning and I'm stumbling down the stairs, and can barely see straight. And I go up and I uh, put coffee on and, and, and I get the black ottoman and kind of drag it over and put it there so I can get my feet up and I have my pens and my Bible. That is right now, that is, that is my place. That is where it's the zone to seek the Lord. Pens nearby, resources available, word of God in hand. Did I mention coffee, right? Coffee. And, 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 and then, listen, that's how, that's, how the day, that's how the day must start. Now, part of getting a place, I'm a morning person. And I understand that not all of us are. Jesus was. Sorry about that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But I'm not going to say that you have to do what I do. But but I will say this is I do believe in the biblical principle starting your day off in the Lord. And whatever that means for you, you must begin your day, get your mind thinking according to the things of God. So we have kids who are young, who are also early risers. I live and die by my time with God. That's just the way he's made me. If I don't eat from his word, I'm dead. If I don't pray, I'm dead. The rule for our boys right now is they cannot get up, they cannot get out of their room before 6 30. They try often. Go back to bed. You know, again, you're so I have to get up an hour before they do. I have to, because uh, otherwise I fall apart. I fall apart without the Lord. And some days it might be a little bit later than that. Some days it's a little bit earlier than that. But the point is, is that, man, if you, you need a plan and you need a place and you need to be prepared to say, God, I need you. And listen, there's not a time where I sit down and I get up and like, as tired as I am. Trust me. I mean, these days, man, like I know I'm not old, but man, I sure feel old sometimes, you know, I'm just like, what is this? You know, and it's so dark outside right now, but you get down and this morning it happened again and you're there and you're like, God, you're awesome. God, you're awesome. Get a plan, get a place, get this, get a pen, get a pen. What I mean by that is write down what you're learning. Observe the word of God. Okay, here's what we so easily do, right? Open up the Bible, read a passage. We're like, da-da-da-da-da, close and just move on. And nothing has happened. Nothing has happened. And you know what I'm talking about. And you're like, well, that was just an exercise of uselessness. If you sit down and you ask basic questions, you observe what's happening in the passage. Just just make every observation you can and get a journal and just write these basic observations and say, what does this mean for my life? What does this say about God? And what does this mean? What do I do with this? Just three basic things. What am I observing? What does it say about the Lord? And what do I do now with my life? It's incredible what you will start to observe and apply from God's word. It's a basic discipline, but you begin it. And that's why I have always journal. I don't journal every single day, but I certainly my journals right beside me as the Lord is moving in me to the discipline of seeing this happen. Get a place or get a plan, get a place and get a pen and you will begin to eat from the menu of God and you will be blessed. All right, we're seeking to feed in God's word, grow in God's word. And now this, finally, we want to be equipped by God's word. Point number three, God wants to equip me through his word. Equip me through his word. Verse 17 says that the man of God, so again, that or so that, here's the end result, that the man of God, which could be pastor, uh, could mean just a person who's pursuing the Lord, but probably is pastor, but even if it is pastor type of God, the pastor affects the church, and the church uh, are to be growing in that example, that the man of God may be competent equipped for every good work. Two words here, competent and equipped, so important. God has given us his word that we might become competent and equipped. In the Greek, very similar words, really just reinforcing one another. It is a state of being ready, it Is a state of, again, being equipped and strengthened for what the Lord has in our lives. So it's like a couple of people who are embarking on a serious trip in the wilderness I'm not a camper at all. And I don't ever plan on being one, all right? Either does my wife, <laughs> right, Jill? And, um, and, but some of you are amazing, a lot of admiration for you. But like, what I do know, if you're gonna be a serious wilderness camper person and you're going out there, man, it really helps to one, know what you're doing, be competent, and also helps to be properly equipped. So it's like, hey, do you got a tent? Check, that's a good idea probably, right? You're trying to make it in the wilderness. You got some rain gear, you got the proper attire, good. You're dressed appropriately. You got some warm blankets, going to be cold outside. You got some food, check. You know, you got the ability to start a fire. That's stuff like that. It's pretty important. If you go out there, you got your toothbrush. That's probably important too, right? Check, all that kind of stuff. And if you go out there and you're not competent, you're not equipped, you're in danger. Like you're, you're really endangering yourself. Especially if you're being your family, you're, you're just not that wise, right? But the person who is competent and who is equipped, they're ready to go. That's what God's saying about his word. The reason we are to feed on his menu, that we are competent and equipped for life. And again, that's why many aren't. They get battered in life because they don't know the Lord and his word. And see, notice the end result. All scripture, breathed by God, profitable for teaching, correction, training, righteousness, that the man of God may be competent and equipped. And notice the very end, what it says at the very end there, you see it there? It says, for every good work. I find that very interesting. Notice then the proper biblical order. It's when we are equipped with God's word that we are then ready for every good work. So this tells me that there are a lot of good intentions out there. People running ahead of God to do good work when they don't realize they're not fully equipped. Worship, walk, work in that order. Worship, walk, work. This is why you cannot live the one thing apart from the one book. If we stray from God's word, we are ill-equipped and unprepared. If we stray from God's word, loved ones, in love, we are spiritually incompetent. I want to end today's message with a quote from John Wesley, a passionate, passionate man. This is what he says. He says this. He says, I'm a spirit come from God and returning to God. I want to know one thing. Amen. Amen. That's a nice phrase. We should get that to stick around here. I want to know one thing, the way to heaven, which is the one thing. It's the upward call. The way to heaven. God himself has condescended to teach me the way. He has written it down in a book. And I just picture Wesley and all his passion, his fervency for the Lord. Oh, give me that book at any price. Give me the book of God. I have it. Here here is the knowledge enough for me let me be homo unius libri a man of one book here that i am far from the busy ways of life amen so needed so needed far from the busy ways of life i sit down alone only god is here in his presence i open i read his book for this end again the upward call to find the way
1: to heaven one thing on our menu Need some extra encouragement? Well, we have our previous messages and series available for you to listen online at liveinthelight.ca. Thanks for listening today, loved ones. We hope you join us again next time.